Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Got a nice little uh, chill episode, kind of uh, a nice little review for everyone out there who has not seen um, an, a little anime series that debuted in 2020 called The Blood of Zeus. Um, again, this came out on October 27th, 2020, and it is like an American anime. It's a Netflix uh, exclusive series, and it is still apparently going. It's been renewed for like four seasons, so... We should see more of this, maybe some more stories, or maybe we continue on with the characters that were introduced to us initially. And pretty much, I'll give you a quick brief uh, summary on it. The illegitimate son of Zeus, a young man tasked with saving heaven and earth, despite the interference of a vengeful goddess and her monstrous forces, um, kind of has to learn and survive, and learn his path. And... um, Loaded voice acting cast for this particular series. Derek Phillips, Jason O'Mara, uh, Mamie Gummer, and then Chris Diamonopoulos, uh, Greek G, if you will. Um, incredibly, incredibly thought out series, at least the first season. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has an average tomato meter of 100% and an average audience score of 83%. So just some rating numbers to give you there. Um, but no, if you don't know who Jason O'Mara is, he not only voices Zeus in this series, but he was in a great, uh, show that sadly didn't get off the ground back in the day called Terra Nova. Um, this guy was also, he had a guest appearance in Criminal Minds. He's been there, he's kind of done that, he's taken helm on certain projects. I love his voice, plays Zeus perfectly. Um, Derek Phillips as Heron, who the series is based around, um, was pretty good as well. Um, very interesting kind of formula for this show. Um, they definitely add the American kind of storytelling to it, if you will. It's not your traditional anime by any means, but it it's it's good. It, it's good. It has a good story. Um, keeps you entertained. Um, and, and then the villain is just fantastic, Seraphim. Um, who, best character in the show, by far. Um, he and Heron are actually, you know, brothers, and they don't know, obviously, but they find out, and when they do, it's quite groundbreaking, groundbreaking, excuse me. Now, on IMDb, um, with 19,000 ratings, this has a 7.5 out of 10 rating, um, if you like to look at ratings, that's why I kind of briefly summarize that the best of my abilities. But going into Seraphim's voice actor, Elias Tofex, I, I don't know what he's been in, but this was awesome. Seraphim is a really cool, interesting character. Um, very powerful, very powerful. Um, and it kind of, it follows Heron, but it also kind of does like a yin-yang kind of story with Seraphim. They both had the same mother. Um, One had the blood of Zeus, and one did not. Now, the one that was um, Zeus's child was Heron, and when Heron was born, he was going to be killed immediately, um, because, again, um, the husband, who was a king, I can't remember his name, um, found out that there was two placentas, two different fathers, and... One had brown eyes, which were his, and then one had 
ocean blue like Zeus's, and Zeus wound up having to save um, Heron and his mother um, from that delivery room, um, the nursery room, and leave Seraphim behind, and wound up killing uh, Seraphim's father on his way out, and Seraphim was left in the hands of his father's very greedy brother, and they wound up legitimately tossing Seraphim over a cliffside as a child, and it it's honestly just a really well-written villain story, coupled with not only his, like, powers, but his whole overall look is just fucking sick. I mean, he literally is a demon, and he can use Hades, um, he found Hades, like, spear in the back of a dead giant, and for pretty much him to be able to survive at that instant, he had to eat the giant's flesh. And if you don't know the story of giants, but giants were created by the titans to kill the gods. So he started eating giant flesh and became something else entirely. I mean, he lost himself, never really had like a good moment in his life, which was the sad part about it. He was driven by rage and anger and, you know, it let him down a, a slippery slope legitimately right to fucking hell. And um, you kind of get to see him navigate his way through trying to not only make everyone know his name, he was chasing legacy, but he was chasing divine power. And he was always scheming and plotting to not have to kneel, to not have to take orders, to never be someone's bitch in a sense. And I just thought that Seraphim, you know, he, he was the most captivating character in my personal opinion. Um... A little bit about Heron. Heron, again, you, you kind of heard the upbringing of both of them. They were twin brothers, but had two different paths completely. Um, he wound up being dropped off by Zeus with his mother um, in a little polius, which is like a little town. And, you know, a, a, a woman with one child and no father, you know, back in those kind of times, or what's illustrated today is, you know, like, they were deemed whores. So they were just outcasts of the city his entire life until he was needed most. And he stepped up to the plate, but it was too late. Um, it was too late. Because by then, Seraphim had invaded with his demon army and kind of destroyed the city, killed everyone. And even his, even his own mother, because he didn't know it was his mom, um... He killed Heron's mother in front of Heron, but unknowingly, that was his mother as well. And when he finds that out later, um, it's just sad. Because the only reason he found his mother was he was being manipulated by Zeus's wife, the queen of Olympus, goddess Hera. And she was manipulating and using him to get back at Zeus for the countless amounts of times that Zeus cheated on her. And... Um, this was kind of the last straw, but she wound up pretty much nearly destroying the world. Um, <laughs> and, you know, she got her arm cut off by Seraphim and then dipped, and we didn't get to see her um, after that. But she was a massive part of the entire first season, so that's why I'm kind of wondering what they're going to be doing with these next seasons. Are they going to draw out these same stories? 
Are we going to see other demigods? Are we going to see other um, stories with Hermes or Ares or Apollo or Poseidon or um, so many other characters? There could be a Perseus season where, you know, we get to see Poseidon's son. We get to see so much other mythology, mythological stories be brought to life in animation form. And I really hope that we get to see the second season soon because according to the interweb, um, it, has been, it has been renewed. And, you know, I, I don't know how long this artwork takes to illustrate and put and bring to life, but um, it's been nearly four years now since this show, uh, its first season's been dropped. I don't know if we're going to be expecting anything. Um, I'm really hopeful that we are, because this was a really awesome show. Um, and, and another fun fact about this, when it first initially was dropped, it was called Gods and Heroes, and then it got changed to Blood of Zeus. Kind of weird. I don't. I don't know if that was a, you know, a marketing thing or you know just a, just a move by Netflix to to, I guess make it a cleaner title. But I think the more important thing about it is that you get the consistency that you want from the show throughout the entire first season. It's they're decently long episodes, but they're not too long. The art is amazing throughout the show. The 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 artistic value is fantastic. Not only is the writing great, um, but in my opinion, I think it really illustrates the 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 aspect of some of these gods' powers and stuff with some of the some of the abilities that you get to see illustrated in front of you. And not all gods were you know given a spotlight. You get to see Apollo talk here and there. You get to see Ares here and there, Hermes here and there. The main god you're going to be following through the entire show, if any, is going to be Zeus. And then, obviously, Hera is the antagonist of the gods. So you have Seraphim wreaking havoc on Earth, and then Hera manipulating from above the clouds, while Zeus is also manipulating for his own benefit, and Hera's finally going to put him in check, but she does it the completely wrong way, and both of these gods interfered with the fates and killed way too many people that probably didn't even have to die but just because they're up there playing Monopoly or Game of Life, it's just the casualties are are piling up. And one of them wound up, again, being Heron's mom. And then after that, you know, there's kind of that revenge thing where Heron's got to go train a little bit, get better at his abilities, and figure out what he's good at. And his main ability as a demigod, and all demigods have at least one pure power, his is divine strength. And he is built and sized like a normal human. Obviously bulky as shit, but he has the ability to eat punches and deliver punches and pretty much keep toe-to-toe with gods if he really wanted to. Not like Ares or Apollo, but he could literally stand in a ring with with one of them and actually be able to take a punch. Um, and he's able to deal deliver damage as well on, on more immortal-like... Um, opponents and you kind of get to see Zeus and him have a relationship without Heron even knowing that it's Zeus. It's not even he doesn't even know it's his father. Zeus disguises himself as an old man, guides Heron as a youngster, feeds him and and his mother. And his mother knew it was Zeus the whole time but not Heron. And like I said, if you guys give the show a shot, you're not only gonna get a great story, great artwork Really awesome music, especially for Seraphim. He has like his own song that comes on, 
And I, I, I think every aspect about this show, it, this first season is a 10 out of 10. I will say every now and then you'll get a cheesy line delivery. But, I mean, for an American anime, I think this is one of the best that I've personally ever seen. It does have that Castlevania vibe. In fact, I believe it's done maybe even by the same production company. Let me just take a quick look here. Um, go on the wiki. So, country of origin, obviously the USA, created by Charlie Palapanides and Vlas, Vlas P as well, written by those two guys, or gals, excuse me, directed by Shant Nijosen, okay, music by Paul Edward Francis, and then the production company is Powerhouse Animation, Powerhouse Animation Studios, Inc. is an American animation studio based in Austin, Texas. It was founded in April 2001 with a subsidiary called Powerhouse Animation, LLC. Established in the summer of 2014, the company develops and produces traditional 2D animation, motion comics, and motion pictures. Cool. It says this was a you know a, an American animation, but then the animation services are based out of South Korea, but they work, this one in particular, I don't want to butcher it, but it's Han Hao Hung Up Company, and it's based out of South Korea, founded in 1984 by Stephen Han. Over the years, the studio has produced animation for many of the industry's leading SVOD cable and broadcast studios and distributors, including Disney and Warner Brothers. Okay, so I got, you know, they got some experience. That's interesting to think about. The voice cast, again, I wanted to go to... Hera is played by Claudia Christensen. And she she was very, very good. She's been... Uh, huh. Interesting. She's, she was in... Um, Atlantis, the Lost Empire. Alexia is a, um, like Amazon, Amazonian warrior in this show, and she's voiced by Jessica Henwick. And one of my, like, slept on characters, in my opinion. She was also in Game of Thrones. So, just something to keep. She played Nymeria. I never saw Game of Thrones, but she played Nymeria. That girl is the voice of. Alexia, and cool, badass character, determined, um, determined, determined, <laughs> determined, um, loyal, and has like her own moral compass, and just a, just overall a badass. She has two swords, one's pure gold, and she just murks zombies and demons left and right. Not zombies, demons, excuse me. But I'm trying to find. Uh, okay, Mamie, uh, Mamie Gummer plays. Um, Electra, which that's Heron's mother's name, but she was in The Good Wife, just some random stuff, The Good Fight, okay, kind of weird, doesn't really seem like she's done much acting, no way, Ada, oh my god, I'm gonna butcher this name, but 
Adito Kumbo McCormick, he is sick. I remember him from... Is a Sierra Leone-born American actor known for his roles in the... He was in Lost. Holy shit. That's fucking sick. He played coffee in this. And this guy was in Lost. Wow. Awesome. That's so cool. I mean... Um, Adam Crowsdale played Apollo and Hephaestus. Some of these um, voice actors and actresses played two characters. Interesting. Very interesting. But just something to keep in mind. I like to know everything that I can about the project that I you know, am reviewing. And I'm trying to give you as much information as I can as well. But yeah, it looks like this... It all got released at the same time in 2020, so it wasn't like a periodic re- release. But yeah, no, it says it's renewed for three more seasons. I'm I'm confused. Why we haven't seen um, another season yet, and, you know, maybe we'll keep our eye out, but, you know, that's something that, if you're interested in anime, which I will shout out Logan for getting me more into um, anime than ever, um, you should definitely check this out. It's a great story. Really good action, interesting animation and artwork, but it's really awesome. Like there's some really cool scenes with the Titans when you when you um, get the flashback scenes when Zeus is storytelling. There's really cool coloration themes to each of like the pictures because some of them are like standstill pictures, but like there's a lot going on to where you have to like examine it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like in depth art, and I really appreciate that. And I think that's what anime in general is. It's incredibly artistic and more meaningful than what it looks like. You know what I'm saying? And I get that out of this show. And that's why, honestly, after season one, I'm going to give it... Out of ten, I'll give it an eight out of ten. For sure. Again, there's a couple parts where it's cheesy. And a couple parts where it's like, okay, did did that need to happen? And then... I'm going to say this, the Giants at the end of the season, some of them are a little weird, but I get it, it's supposed to be a little far-fetched, I'm totally okay with that, totally chill. But I also did, I I did hope that Hera would have been killed by uh, Seraphim, but she gets away from him. I I wish they would have, you know, killed off some more significant characters in that regard, but, um, no, great show. Overall, great show, um... Probably my favorite character other than Seraphim because I typically like to go for the villains. They're way better and way more well-written, um, in my opinion, obviously. It would have to be Zeus because he's kind of like not even a good guy. He's kind of like on the borderline of, you know, this guy's abusing the fuck out of his powers. He's dwindling with fates and thousands of lives just, just to get some puss or to... Uh, to see if one of his illegitimate children will succeed on their path. Like, this guy's breaking even his own laws and becomes kind of a hypocrite in his own way. And he has to kind of battle through his own adversity with people in Olympus questioning his leadership and choosing a side. And it's it's really awesome. The last episode, you'll love the, the action sequences were just sick. But throughout the whole show, I mean, it's just incredibly entertaining. And I think that's what the most important thing about it is, like, you can actually follow the story. And you're not getting uninvested. You're actually going to get more invested as you watch this show. 
and I think that's what makes it pretty special. Um, and if you guys have not seen this show yet, again, I thoroughly recommend it, and I really appreciate you guys for tuning into this review of Blood of Zeus, and I hope that this actually inspired you to maybe go check it out. It's on Netflix. I mean, why not? You know, it's it's worth your time. It's only eight episodes. But trust me, you're going to want a second season, and let's hope, for all of our sakes, that they actually do drop a second season. But uh, again, thank you everyone for tuning in to Tea Time Reports to enjoy this review of Blood of Zeus. And if you guys do like more of these reviews, please hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Tea Time Reports, and let us know what you want more of, what you think we should be doing more of, and what you think we should be doing less of, stuff like that. We love constructive criticism, and we really appreciate anyone that's being interactive with us. It uh, means a lot to the team here, and... Shout out to all you guys for tuning in and supporting. And to all our new listeners out there, it's uh, it's definitely exciting that we're speaking to new people potentially every episode, and we hope that you enjoy our product that we're putting out and show it a little bit of love. Follow us on whatever platform you're listening to and on, and maybe download this episode if you weren't able to get, uh, get a chance to listen to it completely. Or if you want to go back and dive into some of our other TV show or movie reviews, there's plenty to go through. Go ahead and check that out. Thank you guys. It's Trevor, and I'm signing off. Have a nice one. Take care.